morning, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to James chapter 3. Oh man, if you guys thought I was on fire last week uh, while we were preaching the book of James, today's going to be a whole new uh, level. It's gonna, we're going to jump from last week to this week uh, because James chapter 3 is actually the very first sermon that I ever preached was on James chapter 3. So I'm thrilled to be back in uh, James 3 as I would talk last week with James is just that Southern Baptist preacher uh, that's going to step on some toes, that's going to really bring some heat, uh, and he's going to tell you some shocking truths. We looked at it in week one, uh, where Pastor Chris talked about we should consider it pure joy when we face trials. What? That's a shocking truth. One huge takeaway that week was that God doesn't waste a hurt. We're going to have hurts and trials in our life, but God's not going to waste them. He's going to use them to better our faith. It's a great reminder that we also need a church, that we need small groups, that we're also not uh, called to face these trials on our own, um, but we need those people in our life that can continue to guide us. Last week, I talked about how we should have faith that is active, how our faith should be alive. And if, it's not, if we're not producing good fruit, then our faith is dead. It's useless. There's no point of having it. And today we're going to be in James chapter 3. So I want to pray for our message uh, this morning. Pray for God's word to speak to you. God, thank you for a morning where we can worship you. God, we can lift you up. God, as we open up to James chapter 3 this morning, God, we want you to pierce our hearts. We want to hear your voice. We want it to change us. We want you to be on the move. God, we know that you're here. We want you to move. We want to feel your presence this morning. God, we want to hear from you. In your name, amen. So if you know anything about me, if you've ever hung around me for a little bit, uh, you know I love sports. I love sports. And I think there's something about it uh, that I love, and it's the numbers. And I know that's kind of weird, but I I love just, just stats of players, of of different teams, um, just numbers in general. And, and I want to go through something because today we're talking about, uh, if you look at James 3, the top of it, in my Bible it says controlling your tongue. Controlling your tongue. So we're going to talk a lot about talking. Did you know that the average person in one day could fill a 50-page book with the words that they say? In a year, they would fill 132 books, and each book is 200 pages. That's just average. If you're like me, and you love to talk, and you love to just talk, 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 then you're probably filling up a lot more books. But that's so crucial for everyday life. And why, why why does God spend a lot of places in Scripture to talk about our tongue? to talk about how we speak, to talk about how we interact, because of how much we talk. We talk daily through face-to-face interaction, and we even talk through text. We talk through social media. We talk through Facebook. And God wants to address that. He addresses it through James in chapter 3 of how we should talk and and the background of that. So let's open up. Let's look at James chapter 3. Not many should become teachers, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many ways. 
If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is mature, able also to control the whole body. Now if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole bodies. And consider ships, though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever they will of the pilot directs. So true through the tongue is a small part of the body. It boasts great things. Consider how a small fire sets blaze to a large forest. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and curse come out of the same mouth. My brother and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives? My brothers and sisters are a great vine produce figs. Neither can a salt water spring yield fresh water. Who among you is wise and understanding? By his good conduct, he should show that his works are done and the gentleness that comes from wisdom. But if you have a bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, complaint, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without pretense. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. So key point number one for us this morning is words are powerful. They can be a blessing and a curse. Look back at verse 2 here. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is mature, able also to control the whole body. So right off the bat, right here in James 3, James tells us we are sinners. We all stumble. Nobody's perfect. So we can already look at at this passage here of talking about our tongue that James is going to address firsthand you're not perfect so what's coming next it applies to you we can we can now finish reading the passage going wow this applies to me because I'm not perfect because we all do we all stumble look back at verses 3 through 8 and this is probably my favorite part of the passage um, because I laugh a lot of times when we get to verse 7. And it says, Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind. James is sitting here and he's saying, You know what? Everybody is able to tame something. We're able to tame birds. I have two dogs at home. And look, we can control them, right? Now, they may get out of control a lot of times, but there's many times where we can tell them to sit. We can tell them to come here. We can tell them to lay down. It's funny because every single morning, as soon as we're ready and about to walk out the door, 
This is how tame they are. This is how much we can control them. Is as soon as we're ready to walk out the door and Sarah comes out of the bedroom, the dogs immediately run into their crates. They're like, okay, we're going to go in our crates because we know that they're leaving now. And they, but they, we had to train them to do that, right? What do we do? We give them a treat. So every single morning, as soon as it hits about 6.55, 7 a.m., they're in their crates. And they just know it. And so we give them a treat every single morning. This morning, they even realized that as we're about to walk out of the door, Sarah's grabbing her bag, I'm grabbing my book bag. The dogs are running right to their crate because we've tamed them to do that. We've trained them to do that. But James sits here and goes, you can do all of these things as humans, but there's one thing that you can't tame, and that's your tongue. We can't do it. Look back at these examples here. In verses uh, 3 through 5, now if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole bodies. Right there, he's using horse as an example. You ever rode a horse before? You have the reins and everything, and you can get there and you can pull one way, and the horse is going to turn that way. Pull the other way, the horse is going to turn that way. You pull back, the horse is going to stop. Right? We have the ability to train them. He goes on and says, consider ships. Though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. You ever been on a cruise ship? You ever been on a boat? We easily, we, the pilot has great control of these things to avoid ships, other ships, to avoid storms. He can control where he's going. But once again, we can control something that big, but we can't control our tongue. The next one he uses, which is my personal favorite, if you know anything about me, that a small spark can cause a forest fire. I love fires. It's just me. It's in my nature. I don't know why. But have you ever, like, just lit a piece of paper on fire, how quick it, blow, it burns up? It goes quick, right? Those are how powerful it is. And really, it's really associating here that words are powerful, we look at Proverbs 18:21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Words are so powerful that there's sometimes we don't even realize the pain it can cause. We sometimes aren't even aware of what our words are truly doing to another person. Look at another proverb, 12:18. There is one who speaks rashly, like a piercing sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. It always reminds me of those like um, cartoons or anything. I feel like there's this cartoon guy that as soon as he says something, he's like, come back, come back, come back, come back. Like he's trying to grab at the words as he's saying them. He's trying to grab at them because he knows the damage that it's about to cause. So he's trying to reach it. As soon as he says it, he's like, oh, I need those to come back. I need them to come back. He starts pulling them back. But on the other side, your words can help someone's day. Simply telling them, hey, I hope you have a great day. Hey, I hope you're doing good today. 